Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. This is author, coach, and healer Andy Grant. If you want to learn more about me, please visit theandygrant.com. Real Men Feel invites you to redefine what masculinity means in today's world. We remind men that they are human beings and have the right to experience and express all of their emotions. We have conversations that most men are not having, but that all men can benefit from. Now that we're early in spring, often a time of renewal, growth, and ideally flourishing, I know that in my life, I've often had to renew, to, to prune my life, to weed out the shit in my mind, often, in order to reinvent myself, to be the best man that I can be. My guest today, Teddy Woolsey, took action when his life needed an overhaul and created a system that helped him, and now he uses that in service to others. Teddy is the founder of Rebuild Fitness and also works full-time as a tech sales executive. He coaches his clients how to sustainably lose fat, build muscle, and find the balance between hard work and joy in their lives. Welcome to Real Men Feel, Teddy. It is great to be here, Andy. Thank you very much. So I love that you focus on, on joy. Because I, I think that's something that most men don't consciously think of, that they are worthy of joy or that joy belongs in their their experience. Has Have you yeah. always known that? Is joy something that was always a part of your life or what? It's a, it's a weird thing to, to go through and, and almost, uh, I was, I was brought up in a religious household where discipline, uh, learning, um, and really just duty to the world was, was pressed for good reason, by the way, those are great things to, to do good to the world. But, um, the, the personal enjoyment can be suppressed at times in the messaging there. Um, and you can start adopting as a man in particular, where your value, you're not really born with value in society's eyes, you have to earn it, you have to create it. And, um, uh, which is a, a false narrative. It's, it's something that we need to overcome, but it's, it's a, something that a lot of men, including myself have always felt that I need to create, I have to earn, I have to build in order to be worthy of people's time and attention and, uh, respect. So, uh, while that, that has brought me to develop and create and build uh, a lot of great things that I'm very proud of. And I'm, I'm really, um, thankful for those qualities and characteristics. Um, it definitely has left me with feelings of anxiety and uh, frustration when I am uh, not doing enough or I'm not, if, if I feel like I'm uh, not worthy uh, of somebody in my, in my own eyes. So I made it a, a conscious thing uh, to really implement things that I find valuable and, and enjoyable and uh, um, life-giving in every day and in every week and in every relationship that I have. And if, and if it's not there, uh, I refine the schedule. I refine my relationships on a regular basis uh, to make sure that, that those uh, negative sources are weeded out and I am welcoming in new sources of uh, life-giving activities. Cool. What happened in your life to make you realize that you had to make this conscious effort to, to change how, how you were living? Yeah. Um, when I was about 29, uh, approaching 30, I was in a long-term relationship with my ex and, uh, I was, I was working full time. I was sort of directionless, uh, in, in life as to what I wanted to do. I'd even done a podcast once before and, and, uh, you know, sunset that and just kind of like, I want to do something fun. I want to feel more fulfilled, but I wasn't, I wasn't quite in shape. I wasn't quite successful. I wasn't quite happy in my relationship. I was just there, you know, um, the, the dreaded, uh, mediocre. And, um, once I realized that I had a, a dependency in my relationship for my happiness and all these other factors, 
uh, that weren't really going for me, I, um, I had a, a crisis on my hands when that relationship started to fall apart. And I basically had this moment when I looked in the mirror after a, a shower and um, it was kind of like one of those classic 80s movies where you look in and there's like steamer on the mirror and you're just like, you like wipe your face clean and you look at yourself and you're thinking like, who are you, man? Like, this is not what you were meant to be. And this is not like what you're capable of. And um, it was a really sobering moment. And it's not, I'm not going to say my life changed right from there. It was a process after the fact. But I, I basically um, knew in that moment that I was not satisfied with what I want or what, what I what I have reached in life because I hadn't created a system of act, uh, activity and habits that really would contribute to a different life. I mean, my life, the way it looked was a product of what I did on a daily basis. So I realized I've got to change my schedule. I have to change what I do regularly. And okay, well, how do I do that? And what do I do? Um, there were two main things that really helped me. Uh, one was the uh, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. It was a book basically where you do seven things. It's called uh, the acronym is SAVERS. You, you sit in silence or you meditate. You recite affirmations. You um, uh, V stands for uh, you visualize your future. You exercise. You uh, uh, you read, and then you scribe or you write. Um, so I did that. Whether it was for five minutes or uh, an hour and a half every morning, I did that, and, and basically like added to my self help bucket every single day. Um, but I I chose activities during that period of time that. I knew I needed to do the most, which was get my finances in order, get myself in shape, uh, really sort of uh, get my house in order physically as well as um, financially, spiritually, intellectually, et cetera. So that, those two things really set off a completely new life. Um, and I, I just followed through on it until my life looked, di looked differently. And it was basically 100K in debt, out of shape, depressed, failing relationship to not even, uh, what, it was a year and a half later, um, I was completely out of debt. I was uh, earning three times what I was earning before. I was in a new relationship with someone who was just wonderful. And I'm now married to her and she's, she's the love of my life. Uh, we're living in New York city and on, you know, 28th floor overlooking Manhattan. It's just, it's just a wonderful, amazing life because of this new system that was implemented. And, um, I can get into more detail about what those things are and how to do that in your own life. But I just can't even express enough how important it was to take stock of where I was, take stock of where I wanted to go and just create a system that was made up of actionable items, real life things that you have to do on a regular basis to actually see change in your life. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I love hearing of turnarounds, but that drastic turnaround and, and frankly, that short of a period of time is, is quite impressive. So good for you. Thanks, man. Prior to that experience, you, you mentioned adding more to your self-help bucket. Was there a self-help bucket before this? Definitely, definitely. It's it's not I've always wanted to, I was like curious, right? I want to get better, I want to be better, but it's, there's you know, sometimes your environment doesn't foster that. Sometimes uh your circumstances sort of hold you back and you have to make adjustments to that. Um, or sometimes you just don't want it. Right, you don't want it badly enough at that time. Things are comfortable enough that that you feel like, hey, I, I'd rather stay in the uh, comfortable discomfort than pursue something new that could possibly create more problems for me that I don't know. And uh, that I hadn't reached that threshold yet until <laughs> until uh, life sort of forced itself upon me in that way. Did you realize that your happiness was so dependent on your girlfriend 
uh, before she ended it. Absolutely. Uh, that, that was, that was something that I'm sure a lot of men and, and women for that matter can attest to when you have a dependent relationship on someone, uh, the, the good days are great. The bad days are horrible. And it's, uh, it's such a volatile way to live regardless of whether or not you are with them. So when I realized through a lot of introspection, honest conversations with people I knew I couldn't trust, that I had to make myself better, regardless of whether I was going to stay with her or things were going to not work out. Um, that was the first day of the rest of my life. And um, obviously we didn't work out, but it was, um, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing to feel that sense of crisis. Uh, even though I didn't know it at the time, it was honestly like a rebirth moment. Yeah, I find time and time again, and it can be difficult for 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 men. We we have to put ourselves first. We have to be selfish. Like I I can't I can't help others until I can help myself. Like yeah. I can't I can't love someone else and if, if I don't love myself. So that self help bucket, yeah, that self help bucket helps every aspect of of being alive. I find boundaries are extremely healthy for every relationship, especially for your own relationship with yourself. And I never set boundaries for myself, let alone for my, for the relationship. Cause I was so dependent on uh, not only her, but the other aspects of my life that I couldn't really control uh, for my joy. And it, it just, it didn't, it didn't translate well into real life. So what I mean by that is if I, I, I've struggled to express, Hey, like I want this regardless of whether or not you do. And that per you, you can't expect respect um, or someone to establish a boundary for you. And then when you lose respect for yourself, it's very difficult to expect someone to have that for you as well. So I was sort of expecting her to establish that for me, to be my, my source of challenge, my source of joy, my source of X, Y, and Z. And that just, it's not realistic in any particular, any, any way at all, man. Um, once, like you said, once I established, like I, need to really double and triple down on my sense of personal accountability, responsibility, boundaries, and the fact that I have internal value, um, not just by what I do, but because I exist. Uh, and if I treated myself the way I treat her value, uh, man, I can go so much farther in any relationship that I'm in or being by myself as well. And that's, that's just what a lot of us, uh, a lot of us miss. Yeah. There's one person on the planet responsible for my happiness and it, it's me. And when I try to take that from other people, when when I refuse to look at why I'm not happy, if I if I'm not willing to dive in to, to, to my own darkness and shadow and, and all of that and expect someone else to like be so loving of me, so happy in their life that they just they somehow just pull me out of it. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's the death nail for that relationship, whatever relationship may be. Parents, siblings. Absolutely. Friends, yeah. Did you realize you were making a system in the moment or was it just that, you know, the, the Miracle Morning book is really helping you um, and then you wanted to expand on that? Like, how, how did your system come into play? Great question. Uh, really great question. The, the Miracle Morning sort of introduced that idea to me. Um, I was also heavily influenced by Dave Ramsey. Are you familiar with him by any chance? Yep, I've heard of him. Yeah. For, for your listeners, uh, Dave Ramsey is 
basically a financial guru who's been, he's been doing this for about 30, 40 years or now on the, on the radio, but primarily he has a system called the baby steps and it's to help people get out of debt and create wealth. Now he, he's expanded into multiple different avenues, but the premise that he created was very, very simple. It was also birthed out of his own desperation, but it's, it's essentially a seven step process that anybody can follow. And basically all you got to do is identify where you're at on this, in these steps, you might be at step one, three, four, whatever, and, and continue to follow it. And that's how you get uh, financial health and build wealth and, and these sorts of things. So I thought, wow, that is a really interesting way to not only assess where you are, huge first step in any rebuild, right? Um, determine what you need to, to actually build a plan to fix the problem and then forecast where these actions are going to lead you. It's that forecasting piece that I think a lot of people forget. All, all, the, all those pieces are really, really important, but it's that forecasting and, and almost like, it's like gives you hope to know that if I do X, Y, and Z for however long, I can ex reasonably expect these results. That for me was transformative like nothing else uh, because anybody can say, listen, if you want to get in shape, you got to eat healthy and you got to exercise more. Well, yes, of course. How long? For, at what intensity? What can I expect for, to, uh, at what rate of change can I expect? When you can actually like map that out for somebody within a reasonable amount of certainty um, or give them a range, then it's like, okay, you know, like I have an informed decision I'm making on a daily basis. I actually know that if I save X amount of dollars, I can have this much of my account by the end of the year, or I can on average returns, I can, I can retire with this much. That's why it's so valuable to have a financial advisor or whatever. I, I sort of realized that if I put together uh, a daily system where I, I contribute to my financial budget, I exercise, I eat a certain amount of food with certain macro breakdown, and then I put in X amount of hours at my sales job at the time, I could reasonably expect within a year, two years, three years to get a certain salary return, uh, my body look a certain way, and uh, my finances to to change as well. Not only that, but you know, I would grow as a person and so on and so forth. That was a bit more ambiguous. But the to, to answer, <laughs> I, I have a problem with long-winded answers here. But to answer your question about did I start with the system or, or or did it sort of develop over time? It definitely started with a very simple form, which is that savers form, that that miracle morning. But it developed into some that fit my lifestyle. And um, that's something that I took into the business that I now run for helping my clients get in shape and uh, um, following those same three to four steps uh, to not only get the change, but but see the change for a long period of time and, and hold that change. Cool. So so tell me about this, uh, the rebuild fitness philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Rebuild is, is the way to pronounce it, but uh, it's kind of a double and double entendre, is that the way to say it? Uh, but the acronym is RBLD, right? It's, it stands for reflect, build, learn, and do. The, the, these are the four steps that make up the philosophy of my business and the way I really approach anything in general, which is reflect on what it is that you truly want. Not what you think that you want, not pie in the sky, not rainbows and butterflies, but okay, instead of me saying, I want to look like Zac Efron, Maybe it's, 
I'm looking to like lose 20, 30 pounds. I'd like to, I'd like, you know, my, my chest to stick out further than my stomach. And, uh, you know, uh, I'd love to be able to get up the stairs without being winded or something like that. You know, what's the base, the, the bare minimum that would, that threshold I have to pass for me to be happy, really, truly reflect on that. Do not take it lightly. And, um, and then once we have that outcome that we're seeking that we can not only get to, but sustain, we will reverse engineer. That's the second part, which is the, the build or a building of a plan. I can't tell you enough how important this is. Anybody who's listening, this is the step that people skip. But they might have a program they're following for two months, three months, even six months. But very rarely do we have a contingency plan. People lose weight all the time. The, stat, the, the stats are staggering. Most people that set up to lose weight, about 10% or more of their body weight, they are successful in doing so. But four out of five individuals over the course of five years will regain that weight or gain even more than, than what they lost. Why is that? It's not because we don't know how to lose weight. We don't know how to adjust our lifestyle after the fact. We don't know how to sustain um, a, a lifestyle of a, a thinner person or someone who um, looks and feels and acts that way sustainably. So what we do is we try to go too fast. We, we prioritize speed over sustainability. And that's just really not congruent with how weight gain typically happens, for, for instance, is we, we typically gain weight very slowly. Over the course of many months and years, we're talking a caloric surplus per day, maybe 25, 50 calories, which is very, very, it's, it's infinitesimally small, but that adds up over the course of many years when a metabolism flows and that sort of thing. If we were to approach it in a reverse fashion and looked at how, what are the one or two things that I can implement into my, my week that is not too painful from a diet perspective, from an exercise perspective, and just moving a little bit more, eating a little bit better that I can still be happy. I can still have cake. I can still have pizza. I can still, um, I can still lounge around play my PS five behind me and so on and so forth. But Hey, it's keeping me in the physical, uh, range that I feel well, I feel healthy. I feel proud of myself. It's a lot simpler to build that plan out for years to come, um, than to bank all of your success on a biggest loser challenge for 90 days and uh, have zero plans afterwards. And then, by the way, you're probably inevitably, inevitably going to fall back into your old habits because you have no contingency plan. So we build out a plan for a lifetime, not just for that small period. Hmm. And then the, the final two pieces are very, very short. Learn is, uh, you ever heard the phrase, somebody, say, somebody says it's easier to learn while you're doing the activity uh, that you're, you're learning about. That's the premise. We just teach the fundamentals um, while you're while you're actually uh, uh, exercising and dieting and, and in real time, when you have questions or concerns, we'll, we'll educate you in that. But we also have modules and we have articles and we have all types of knowledge uh, sources that will help you learn the fundamentals. And you can do whatever you want with that, but you need to know at the very least what, how fat loss works, how muscle growth works, basic nutrition, and that will be your springboard into how far you want to go into that path. And then, of course, the final piece is D for do. Uh, that is just executing. There's a whole science behind that and how to stay the course, so to speak. But uh, that makes up the RBLD or rebuild fitness approach. And uh, yeah, hope that answers your question. Oh, it does. Um, I'm gonna go <laughs> start with the, the start with the start and talk about reflecting a little bit more because I know when when I'm when I've been depressed, 
a long-term goal is just, you know, it's just beyond my thinking. Um, and I've yeah. met lots of men like, I can't, I don't, it's almost like the excuse. Oh, I can't start because I don't really know what I want yet. So do you have any tips for uh, someone to get clarity on what it is they actually want? Oh man, that is such a, t a tough one, right? It's, uh, and you put it so beautifully of like, man, how do I forecast this? How do I, how do I even know what to know? Or, or what do I think to, to think about? For me, one of the best phrases I've ever heard is the purpose of life is to live life with purpose. Even if you don't know what it is yet, take something that is constructive and good and test that out. Something that even if you don't even love it, um, it's going to improve your life. So I think honestly, personal finances, if they're not in the best shape right now, that's something that you can actually, you can just embrace. And that will not only uh, improve your circumstances from like a well-being perspective, but it'll also give you confidence that you can implement discipline, you can plan ahead, you can see something through and, and build trust within yourself that you're going to follow it. That That's one thing in particular. Um, physical fitness has, it's not just about aesthetics. Like that's a great thing. I love, I love looking great and feeling confident and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But there are, there are tremendous mental health ramifications on a positive perspective that regular exercise does for us. Um, from an endorphins perspective, uh, there's something called myokines that's in our skeletal muscle or AKA our lean muscle mass in our bodies that when we contract and release our muscles, that myokines go into our bloodstream up to our brain and they help us to regulate our mood. They fight depression and research uh, meta-analysis has shown time and time again, that people with regular exercise, sometimes are, they fight depression, uh, clinical depression, and even uh, chronic illnesses much better than medication and or counseling. Nothing against medication or counseling. I think everything done in tandem or as a holistic approach is even better. But the, the fact of the matter is that should not be ignored. And that should be something every single person does in their life. And that's something you can tackle right now to build confidence, improve your life. And then, by the way, take um, build a foundation that now you can um, you can uh, tackle the next thing. Uh, somebody called it um, a keystone habit. Getting in shape is a keystone habit that you can, that's simple enough to work. You can, you can set a goal, like you want to run a marathon, you want to bench 300 pounds or whatever it is, maybe let's just say 200 pounds, whatever. The cool thing about setting a simple goal that, that is far enough into the future that yet takes some time, but short enough that you can actually achieve it is that your other habits, like your eating, what you digest as far as information, the influences that you allow into your life they sort of fall in line with that keystone habit. And, and uh, you sort of are able to like, almost like a um, snowplow, kind of like push the excess out from you. you. You collect the good and you push out the bad. So to your question, I, I, would, I would absolutely recommend starting with one of those two things and or reading slash audio books, podcasts about self-help like Andy's, et cetera. I, I can't stress to you enough how important it is to change your schedule and change your influences immediately. Mm -hmm. That will spark a revolution within yourself, uh, even if you don't know what the outcome of that revolution is going to be. Cool. Love that. Teddy, you've, you've mentioned uh, purpose and reinvention and responsibility and I think we're all in, in an effort to be to be better. So what does being a good man mean to you? Yeah, yeah. There, there, that's a, um, 
There's two sides of that coin. Um, I think, man, every person has inherent value that needs to be embraced. But I, uh, and I think that men really struggle with that concept because of what we're taught, because of how we feel naturally, um, and a number of factors. Rarely do I think anything is, is one way or the other completely. We have an inherent desire to build and produce and protect and be responsible for something. Um, and that gives us tremendous pride. So being a good man, I think, is embracing those things full, uh, full, uh, wholeheartedly. Embrace whatever you're responsible for, whether it's your life, your family's life, your coworker's life, your friend's life, your parents, whatever. Embrace that. Um, do the right thing. Work as hard as you can within reason. Don't kill yourself, of course. But also understand that if you fall short, if you don't, if you can't do your best every day, or you can't, uh, you can't reach an outcome uh, that that you had in mind by the time that you wanted. That doesn't mean that you're a bad man. It means that you did your best. I'm a huge Stoic philosopher. I'm huge about the the basic premise of of um, do the best you can with what you have when you have it. Life really boils down to that. So I think that's what being a good person is, but especially a good man um, in that single statement, if I could simplify it uh, in that way. A lot of people say just do your best, be the best, and and they take away all the other, like our best fluctuates based on the moment, based on our resources, based on our food or, and our sleep and all yes. sorts of things. But yeah, but always strive to do your best, but realize your best will have fluctuations to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Believe me, I, I'm not... Um, one of my favorite like thought experiments is, you know, let's take me five years ago. I'm still me. I'm still Teddy. Um, I've, I've been Teddy this whole time, but, uh, in a lot of ways I was unrecognizable. That version of me was unrecognizable from this version of me. Um, I had a lot of commonalities, but I would, I thought different things. I said different things. I did different things and that's okay. I'm still me. I, I was always me and I, I was, I should always be loved along the way. I should always be appreciated and I should be able to be vulnerable. And um, I'm just as worthy of good relationships and good opportunities and, uh, and, and the like as I am today, even though I put together a better system. We have to understand that we, uh, we often look down on men in our society who aren't achieving, who aren't um, confident even, or who make sometimes make bad decisions or whatever it may be. And we look at them as bad people inherently. We treat them as bad people inherently. But the fact of the matter is many of the, us, if not most of us, have been some version of that person in that moment, sometimes worse. We, we need, as men in particular, we need to stand up for each other and of course challenge one another to be our best. And of course, challenges one another to be honest and open and vulnerable. And of course, do all of these things. That, hey, like, let's let's hold ourselves to the highest standard. But we also have to challenge others in those moments where um, we're not giving men a break. <laughs> that is that is why many of us are so tightly wound, why we act the way we do. Um, and studies have shown that men and women, you know, we show aggression almost at the same rates. We just show it differently. Um, if men have an outlet socially, um, like, like many women do, and the women are really good at this compared to us, uh, 
my goodness, what a, what a better world we could live in um, in that way. So the work that you do, Andy, honestly, is is really uh, incredibly important, uh, particularly in the the men's mental health space uh, and so on and so forth, and how that translates to physical health as well. So you enable uh, people like myself to sort of even get to the conversations of men who are like, listen, I've been on an emotional journey to improve my life. Um, I used to never even think about this kind of stuff. I just went to work and came home and paid the bills. And I thought that was enough. And that's what it meant to be a man. But it was, it, it means much more to be a man. And then once they are able to sort of accept that, they can begin to invest in themselves um, financially, physically. And that's when they come to me. So I, I really want to thank you on the front end for for all the work that you do there in that space. Awesome. And we uh, began the introduction and mentioned joy. So I want to know t- today, what brings Teddy joy? Oh gosh, what doesn't? Uh, I, I'm just a happy dude, man. I, I really love, uh, I really love life in general. I love like a cool. I love learning a new concept and kind of synthesizing it down uh, into something that's like digestible, right? So fitness is one of those things. That's just one thing. But I love like behavioral science or like habit science. That stuff's really cool. I even like, I love like Neil deGrasse Tyson the way he does. He like breaks down astrophysics and like the way we see the world. So like, I'm very curious in that way. So, like all new information is really cool. I love true crime documentaries. I love them so much. They're just so fascinating to me. And it's my wife and my favorite pastime. Um, I love playing pickup game of basketball or football with my friends. I love playing Madden with my friends on PS5. Um, I love going to the city and grabbing a drink and a piano bar out here with my wife and taking my dog on the subway and going to Central Park. Um, I love the feeling after a good workout. I love closing a deal. There's so many things that bring me joy, but um, I'd say, like I said before, it was it was because I took the time to invest in learning what the world had to offer, like listening to well thought out words and reading articles and books and you know listening to podcasts that challenged my mind that I was able to sort of take from one podcast information and tie it to another and then tie it to my network of thought is so much more sophisticated and balanced than it once was because I followed that natural curiosity that we all have instead of suppressing it. And now I'm able to find joy in so many other things and conversations with people of all different perspectives and knowledge bases, et cetera, base, bases, I think it's a word, <laughs> et cetera, uh, because I followed that path. So I guess, um, Lots of things bring me joy, but the reason being is because I was never afraid to follow a path of thought non-judgmentally, and that allows me to connect with more things and people um, freely without fear. I wonder, if do you have a, a mistake that you can see as your favorite mistake because of the lesson you got from it? Oh, my uh definitely ties back to the last relationship I was in. I call this the this this concept um the, uh, uh, I had a lack of diversity of um, of importance in my life. I was honed in on a relationship to bring me the vast majority of my joy. Um, a lot of people have that relationship with food or with work or maybe again with their significant other or 
friends, a lot of people are all about being a parent and that's like majority of their joy. That doing that was my biggest mistake because I, I just invested in myself and my other relationships and the things that brought me uh, um, mental, physical and financial health uh, far too little comparatively. Everything I did was oriented towards this one thing, a person. So when that failed and I realized, um, all right, man, you, you got to do something now because, uh, you know, chance, like you can't be in this situation again. You, your standard of, of living can't be like this again. That was my biggest failure. I would never change it because I'm. it woke me up. But uh, that was the moment that's, or the thing that definitely changed me. Is there one thing that's top of mind that you wish more men knew? Hmm. I wish more men knew that what they thought about themselves is far more important than what anyone else can give you. My dad said, said something very beautifully on a, an old podcast that I had when I asked him a very similar question. And he said, if I could go back and talk to my younger self, I would tell him you have worth, you have value, you are loved, and you have every reason um, to go out and build the best life that you possibly can compared to anybody else. There's no reason that you should hold yourself back. And that was something that he struggled with for his whole life because of a lot of his circumstances, the things that has happened to him, and a lot of self-talk that was destructive over the years. I would echo that sentiment that my dad had uh, because it's it's about as true as anything. Awesome. Pity you are such a, an explosively joyous uh, learning machine <laughs> and of service. And it's, it's, it's your, your energy is really infectious. I love it. Um, what's the best way for people to, 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 to connect with you, to learn more about whatever thing that you're up to? Yeah, thanks, man. Um, uh, Instagram is probably the central hub that I am the most active on on social media. So that would be at Ted Woolsey, uh, T-E-D-W-O-O-L-S-E-Y. I'm sure you'll put that in the show, the show notes so uh, you guys can look that up. But I also have a website where I write articles and uh, that's going to be on all types of things, fitness, diet, and behavioral oriented. Uh, but yeah, my, my Instagram is going to be a great central hub where you can see more of like my thoughts on living a healthy life physically, how that translates to mental health, um, how that translates to a meaningful life. And, and so on, so on and so forth. But I just love connecting with people, seeing them, uh, how, th how they live out their lives and just kind of uh, interacting organically with, uh, with the folks that um, ideally are learning a little bit something from me. I'm going to do the same uh, with them. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Ted, for being here. Thanks for, for taking part in your transformation and then sharing it with the world because that's what just makes it infinitely more powerful. Hey, thank you. I appreciate all the work that you do, man. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm already... A Adding, uh, adding myself to the, the Facebook group. Um, I look forward to interacting uh, further and uh, it's just an honor to be on the show. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, great to hear it. So, um, so again, thanks, Teddy. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and tuning in. Wherever you're discovering Real Men Feel, please uh, give us a like, a subscribe, a share. Visit realmenfeel.org and see the blog posts for this episode. Get all the links to all the various books and tools that were mentioned. You can always reach out to me at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Always glad to hear from you. And as, as Teddy mentioned, if you're not in the Real Men Field private Facebook group yet, the heck are you waiting for? Uh, just go to realmenfield.org slash group, and that'll pop you right over to Facebook, and you can join up in the conversation. And until next time, 
I want to quote Teddy's dad. You have worth, you have value, and you are loved. Please know that. Please live that.